guys, before we get started, I need Matt to tell a story. One Matt. day, there was a <laughs> handsome boy named Rumi, and he yeah. said, I need a place to live. So he called up his friend Matt, and Matt said, my current roommate is a dildo, and he's crying and going back to his mommy. You could live in his room, but don't change the locks because that's what he did. And I got in trouble from the landlord. The end. <laughs> Great. Story. All right, now you go. Uh, well, the story I want to hear about is uh, how you met Mr. T because we've been throwing up those pictures on our social media uh, and, and, and people are like, wait, what? Matt met Mr. T. Not only did Matt meet Mr. T, Matt ate Mr. T cereal with Mr. T. Yeah, I got... I got to hang out with Mr. T. It was cool as shit. Um, I'm a kindergarten teacher and I teach my kids all sorts of awesome stuff like lightsaber techniques and Mr. T. And for the last couple of years, my kids have known Mr. T because I have a Mr. T talking keychain. I show them the video of a song he sings called, I mean, I'll, I'll say he sings it called Treat Your Mother Right. And it's this terrible song with a great message. And my kids loved it. So for years, we've been watching that. And my, like one of my classroom rules is no jibba-jabba. In the morning, every kid says, keep your hands and feet to yourself. Raise your hand if you want to speak. Follow teacher's directions the first time and no jibba-jabba. That is a rule that has been in place in room three, four years. Uh, so they know his shit. And I reached out to him last year through his PR people and his agent and his manager and everyone I can get a hold of. Come to room three. Room three wants to see you. We love you. We'll love to do a Zoom. We'd love to have you come to the class. I sent him video and pictures of the kids acting and talking like him. Like, you haven't really experienced life until you hear a five year old girl wearing glasses, a five year old white girl wearing glasses go, Quit your jibber jabber. Don't give me no back talk, sucker. I pity the fool. So over the summer, his people got in touch with me and were like, yeah, he'd, he'd love to do it. He's just really busy right now, but let's touch place in the fall. And since the fall, we've been touching base. And finally, he came and he spoke to the entire school. He gave autographed pictures to every person there from cafeteria workers to custodial staff to teachers to kids. Um, one of the TAs came out in Rocky Balboa trunks with gloves on, surprised him. He was cracking up. He was just, and he was like the coolest, most gracious guy. I'm obviously trying to get him on this show now. Um, D spoiler alert! Don't tell him, Rumi. Because if it doesn't it doesn't happen, it's embarrassing. But if it does happen, embarrassing for him. Why would he not want to be here? I know, right? Um, we have a secret handshake. He would do. I, he would do the secret handshake for sure. He yes. did the cereal. He was like, he was telling everyone that, like, um, you know, not to not to listen to bullies, not to listen to you know people trying to bring you down. And he was like, when I was in Rocky Three. Everyone after all, you know, off our street, be trying to start trouble. Mr. Mr. T, you ain't nothing. Mr. T, you ain't nothing. And he's like, I ain't nothing. I have my own doll. I have my own toys. I have my, I'm, he was, I'm sitting here eating my own cereal. And you're telling me I ain't, I ain't nothing. So if you guys haven't seen the pictures that Rumi is talking about, I made my own Mr. T, Mr. C cereal. Cause my kids call me Mr. C and it looks just like Mr. T's cereal from the 80s it's, it's our incredible yeah our buddy steve prince uh the monster matador creator he threw this box and he did the fonts and everything and uh i gotta give like a special shout out to and it's her birthday today my friend carly sienna certic she helped me produce the box i got it printed up at warner brothers studios like their print shop printed me these beautiful cereal boxes so 
when me and him were taking these pictures, he was cracking up. And I was like, hey, did you really eat your own cereal? He goes, you better believe it, brother. <laughs> you better believe it, brother. And I love the idea of him just eating his own cereal. Like, what a weird world to live in if you're just eating a cereal that you're on the box for, right? Isn't that incredible? It Dude. was crazy. So it was, it was like a wild time. I have a lot more pictures. We'll post more stuff. But it was uh, definitely like a fun Matt, Matt experience. That that is that is Matt experience to the max, man. That is so amazing. Um, yeah, like you said, we put up some pics on social media, which you should follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod, and on YouTube, you can see the Mister C box. It's freaking awesome, and our handsome faces. Uh, today we're broing out, dude. It's a bro down. Oh yeah, this the legendary. Is true. <laughs> this is the broiest down of the broiest broiest bro down ever. Um, because we're talking about or or or, which is. <laughs> I like that you sound like a troll seal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or. <laughs> we are talking about RRR, the uh, Telugu language epic action drama film directed by SS Rajamuli. And I am going to butcher names all day. Yeah, today, say, so we're going to try our best, but yeah. I mean, let's just apologize already. I'm sorry if we can't pronounce any of these names right, any of these languages right, any of these countries correctly. Um, and if we are completely off base on some of our assumptions of what this movie's about or means, uh, yeah, hey, we're two white guys who watched an Indian film and thought it was dope. So let's talk about it. <laughs> Get on with the show. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. Uh, Matt. Matt. This one's been on our docket for a minute. Yeah. Uh, my friend, Lauren Muir, she's a shitty movie. She's actually, she used to work with Amanda and then I stole her because she likes shitty movies. Her and her husband, Nick. Hell yeah, Nick. Lauren, when Lauren reaches out to me and is like, hey, have you seen such and such? It's going to be good. Whenever, because she's got, sometimes it's shitty. And I thought this was a shitty movie because that's usually the genre she reaches out to me about. But she's like, no, this is a good one. I knew zero about it other than that she was hyping the ever-loving shit out of it. I literally, yeah. I knew it was an Indian movie. Other than that, I knew nothing, zero about it. And I was like, all right, if you say it's worth watching, it's going to be worth watching. And like for months, I waited because I needed to watch it with her because she was so hyped about it. I was like, I can't watch it without you. We had a couple near misses and then we finally watched it together. And holy shit, I don't remember seeing a movie this epic in a long time. Like I couldn't even tell you what the last movie that hit me like this was. And you told me immediately, I had seen a lot about this on social media. It was really hyped up and it was getting like Oscar nods and stuff. And I was like, looks weird, but I'm, I'm down, you know, you know, I like, I like to expand my horizons, watch cool stuff. So you're like, you have to dude. you have to. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit down and watch it. One of these mornings that I have off. And then I sit down and I look at it at the runtime three and a half hours long what the yeah fuck, rumi was bro? not looking forward to that and i watched I, it yeah i rewatched it yesterday with Amanda. i don't have three and a half she hours was not for looking shit. For it. no i don't have three what did she did she like it when you what was her? yeah she did like it and not only did she like it but there's two arguably two points in the movie where you could take a break and then pretty much right halfway through there is a 
intermission section. Yeah. We didn't even do an intermission. We didn't even get up to have a bathroom break. We just powered through. And mm. for Amanda, that's saying a lot because she usually doesn't have the attention span for one regular length feature. So for her to do a three plus hour movie in one sitting and I gave her an out. I was like, if you want to take a break, if you want to watch the other part tomorrow, we can. She was like, no, let's keep going. And she was into it. I, I got through the whole thing in one sitting. This definitely reminds me of like Ben-Hur spartacus like that level of epic old school hollywood epic and like it's amazing and compared to like american action films adventure films epic films like it's bright and hopeful while still being super violent and really like uh i I, I, like like there are fanciful there are certainly like superhero level of fantasy things happening in it but at the same time like it is pretty grounded but it's bright and happy and there's music and dancing like that doesn't happen in Avengers. Avengers is like jokes, motherfucker. And you're like, okay, all right, cool, thanks. Like that's that's a vibe. This is like nothing you've ever seen, but still has that level of action pack, crazy stuff happening. The craziest piggyback ride you've ever seen in your life. And I, I think that's part of the, <laughs> the 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 cultural difference of the filmmaking, right? Like, sure. I feel like you you could say that Western film, American film is going for a genre. When you make yeah. a movie, you're trying to pigeonhole it into horror, suspense, uh, comedy, romance, action, kids. You know, you're trying to make a specific thing. I don't know much about Indian film. But I know the ones that I have seen don't seem to just be one thing. And this is a great example, because like you said, you could certainly call this an action film. You could certainly call it a drama. You could certainly say it had musical aspects. I don't know if you'd call it a musical outright. There was some comedy. There was some romance. It had a lot of these things in it. So that like Rumi and I often say, if we had a blockbuster, where would you put this movie? For I don't film. know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like epic is probably the, the one best term I could think of for this because it truly does. And it, it doesn't feel jarring to go from musical to action, from action to a little bit of romance. There's one there, there's a uh, there's a little bit of comedy in one specific situation and it doesn't really happen before or after that one part but it doesn't feel misplaced it's just all these different things and it's a really i think well made movie it's produced well it's acted well it's shot well it i mean <laughs> some of the cg looks very cg some of the cg is passable but it doesn't matter it's just so fun let, let me speak on that let me speak on that so so this movie like overpowered their CGI budget. They put tons of money into CGI for this movie. There are tons and tons of reasons. This is the most expensive Indian movie ever made. I think it was yeah, 72 yeah, yeah, yeah. million US dollars. And it's the most expensive movie that's ever made in that entire country. And the VFX is a little all over the map. But here's what I'll say about that. Us in America, idiots on the internet, love to go, <laughs> hey, I know how you did the trick. So the trick's bad. When at the end of the day, it's like, it's not a trick. Nobody was trying to trick you that he was being attacked by a tiger. By a real tiger. (laughs) Yeah. There are things that pass and things that don't. There are, is bad CGI and there is bad CGI in this movie. I don't think it, I I think, I think they could have spent a few more weeks on it to be to a level where it's telling the story and not distracting from it. But there's Mm. a ton of shots in this movie that are like, damn, damn guys, damn, you put a Mm. lot of work into this and it shows I wish they had put a little more work into the CGI animals, but they're also like, hey, you want us to hurt real animals or you want CGI ones? You get a choice. And they literally at the beginning of the movie are like, no animals will harm. They're all CGI. And you're like, no shit. 
But again, I give them a pass because I'm not asking to be fooled here. I'm I want the story to be there. Does it work in every sense? Not every sense, but there's a lot of stuff where it is working really well, and I was impressed. So let 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 me do this, Rumi. Let me try this. Let me okay. do a rundown, and I'm going to challenge you not to try and stop the rundown because you're going to okay, be like, Wait, I'll turn what about, I'll uh, turn my mic off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a rundown of the whole movie. And you guys will not believe like a quick summary, like quick summary. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try and do it pretty fast. We're going to see how we do it. Okay, here we go. Ready? Governor Scott Bruxton and his wife, Catherine, steal little girl Malie from the gone tribe. And then after that scene, you get a big or appears. And you're like, oh, okay. So then we <laughs> cut to this like pile on mosh pit fetish scene where we meet Rama Raju. He's a rising in the ranks of the Indian Imperial Force. He's a police officer and he fucking dives into this crowd of rioters and is just beating the shit out of everybody. hundreds of guys, hundreds of guys. Or so then we cut to the government office and the governor's office is warned that a hero from gone is going to come and save Malie. Um, And they're like, oh, well, he can show up. Yeah, we're, we're the what's going to take on the English Empire. Yeah. So then we meet. Uh, uh, how do I uh, how do I pronounce this guy's beam. name? Beam is the short version behem. of his yeah, name behem. in most anyway. of the language. So in Behem, uh, he's trying to catch a wolf, uh, but he catches a tiger instead. And this scene, he's like running through the woods. It's crazy. Crazy scene. Anyway. He is jacked in that scene. Or <laughs> then we go back to Raju. He goes undercover and he's infiltrating a bunch of pro independence gatherings. So this is the Indian man who is an Indian police officer working for the British government. He pretends to be like a an insurrectionist and goes underground. He's looking for the hero of Ga, uh, of the Gan tribe. Uh, then Bahim goes undercover to try and get close to the government palace. So it's two dudes, double undercover, hijinks and Sue. We have this crazy train crash accent scene that's like a high five of Palooza. Raju and Bahim cross paths for the first time to save this little boy. We are going to get into this scene. This is like one of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, they become like best fucking friend, like best fucking friends and they sing about it they sing about how awesome their friendship is and that is the first like song that you get in the movie you're like uh okay two dudes on a on a motorbike singing about friendship super cool <laughs> uh behem sees this cute girl jenny and he falls for her as you helps him court her and he like an english her. girl yeah an english girl she is the uh, niece of governor scott bruxton uh and they have a fucking dance off and it's like that song was nominated for an oscar and definitely makes you want to like fucking dance when you hear it uh behem finds win the oscar yeah it did dude behem finds malie but can't take her out of the palace uh but he's got a plan he's like don't worry i'll come get you i have a plan uh raju cut back to to the the other the under undercover police officer he captures and tortures behem's like comrade but like his comrade like throws a snake at him he's like ah snake in your face and and raju gets (laughs) bit by a, a a really poisonous snake and he's like i'm dying ah and he runs to behem and behem's like i can save you and he has the antidote and it's revealed he reveals to him he's like i'm actually the gone hero but they don't know like like raju's like holy shit the guy i've been looking for behem doesn't know he's an undercover police officer so it's like super tragic this is this is a tragedy so then behem and his friends are like we have this plan we, we, I, I have to go, but I'll be back. And Raju is like, oh no, he's the guy I'm looking after. But he and his friends launched the craziest rescue mission ever. There's wild animals everywhere, like fireworks and shit. And they're going to like assassinate the governor and save Malie. But then at the last second, Raju shows up and captures Bahim. What the fuck, bro? We find out that Raju has a secret intentions as well. He is trying to arm his village, his village 
against the British and like you're like, oh, they're double undercover. This is like super, super tragic. Raju is forced to publicly flog Bahim and it's um pretty hot. Bahim won't yield <laughs> the sentence to death. At, ex- at, at his execution, Raju aids Bahim and Malie's escape and he's arrested for his betrayal. We learn that Raju's dad was a badass who fought the British with one rifle. Load! Aim! shoot and he has to like shoot his own dad oh man so much tragedy meanwhile Bahim and Mali are on the run and they encounter Sita who is Raju's fiance but they don't know it and then they find it out there's all this like you don't know and then you find out super cool they find out she's uh, Raju's fiance and she helps them hide Bahim realizes that Raju wasn't a bad guy and he learns that he's gonna that his buddy's gonna be executed and he's like no gotta go save him so he goes to shave, save him from this pit in the ground, and they have the craziest like piggyback action sequence you've ever seen. Because because literal piggyback, yeah. Raju's legs are broken, so Bahim carries him on his shoulder, and the top guy has two guns, and the bottom guy's running like crazy. And it, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into it. Uh, they retreat to a nearby forest where they decimate a million soldiers Rambo style. Raju turns into the god Rama, whatever. He goes Super Saiyan, and it's badass. They launch a flaming motorcycle into the governor's palace and the whole thing goes kaboom, killing everybody but Governor Scott. Bahim shows up with the rifle, the British rifle, and they spit this awesome, like, badass one-liner shit as if they were Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Fucking load aim. Shoot, motherfucker. He's dead. They all go home and they dance some more. Re-goddamn-diculous. So if you have seen the movie, you know that he just did a really good job of recapping that a, a lot very fast. <laughs> If you have not seen the movie, go watch it right now and then come back and watch it with someone because you're going to need to high five. I'm telling you right now, if you watch this movie without the urge to high five someone, you need to see a doctor. So we're going to go back through it. We're going to go back through it. Uh, As I mentioned, it starts with a little girl. The thing that sets it all off is a little girl gets kidnapped by the British. Basically, she is painting Hannah on the governess's hand and she's like, I want to keep this little bird. And her husband's like, fuck yeah, kidnap a little girl. And they drive off. That's what sets this whole thing into motion. Uh, but let's talk about the thing we really want to talk about, which is the pylon fetish scene <laughs> where we meet Raju. So Raju, who also, so this movie is, it's on Netflix right now. Yeah. And you could watch it in English. You could watch it with English subtitles. I don't know if they have any of the um the native dial uh, the native language it's, but it's there's multiple hindi. indian like yeah. yeah well there's hindi and then the first time i watched it was in telugu which i think is what it actually was yes shot and and intent not intended but intended to be released in because this movie is actually uh, a lot of people think indian movies are bollywood bali is a piece of india it's a part of india but it's not where everything is made telugu cinema is called tollywood um so it's a different type of um it's a different type of indian movie right it comes from a different place yeah so and the a, first for a time place I, with a billion people you shouldn't be surprised that there's different right, types yeah, of, they only make like, one type of movie that's like saying place. like like in america like everything's hollywood you know which is kind of a misnomer yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think the more appropriate term is like well country music is you know nashville does country music that's where that comes from and like you know, th- this type of music comes from here and this type of music, like there's different regions where different mm. sort of flavors of music and movies come from, which it's a huge fucking like people do not realize how big India is like it's mad. There's a billion people living there. So, yes, there are different places, not all Bollywood. 
And I oh, guess wow. Tollywood is starting to kind of get as big as Bo- like Bollywood, I think, is the most well-known over there. Sure. But Tollywood is starting to get big. This movie is significant because it is their biggest director and two of their biggest stars all working together. So like we do that sometimes, too, when you have like Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep on the same movie. You're like, oh, shit, that's a lot of star power. This was like their version of that. So it was a big deal. Um, the scene that Aaron's talking about is when we're introduced to Raja, the, who also is called Ram and some of them. He is this police officer and he is an Indian police officer standing in a small little caged in English encampment. And there's a, essentially a giant riot outside with a bunch of Indians going crazy. <laughs> giant riot. Shake their thousands you know, of dudes. Cage. Yeah. And like they're surrounded. Yeah. And some guy chucks a picture and it hits uh, some English political person picture and it smash a rock smashes the picture and the old british guy is like arrest that man yeah, bring him yeah, to yeah. me and this fucking guy takes his hat off pulls out his baton and runs in slow motion jumps up on an oil can jumps over this fence and then just fucking cuts a path through people just beating the shit out of people to get to this one guy and it's hundreds of people and they just pig pile on him and there's shots kind of like from in a mountain of people you're under there with him and he just starts nailing his way out punching kicking getting out and he cannot be stopped it is baller at this point when i was watching it i did not know what this movie was about i had no clue so i didn't know what to expect and i was like holy shit and it's brutal he's smacking people in the with this wooden baton just crack 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 so much ass dude this this i was like i was so on board at this point and like yeah, yeah. the movie does not keep this level of action packedness through the whole thing but this is like if you watch any part of this movie this is the one to go find it is a badass scene it's so fucking cool he finally gets the guy hauls him over the fence and then just like washes his the blood off his face puts his hat back on and then and it like stands at his post again stands at his post and it cuts to him being promoted and and rising up through the ranks but you're like badass and then it cuts to another or and you're like oh, okay they, <laughs> i get what they're doing slow titles cool 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 uh he's a badass he's also handsome as fuck i'll admit, yeah. it. I'll admit it despite a giant Mar- mario mustache uh, mario the, and luigi mustache that's but. why that's why the, the the mustache is the hottest part come on <laughs> <laughs> the best is you're not wrong. He is hot. And I guess apparently the other star is the bigger name. I, I was told in the in the movie and I guess over there, this guy is, I think, in better shape and hotter. But oh, and Amanda, time. Amanda kind of like didn't necessarily agree because in the next scene we see the other guy shirtless and he is oh. buff as shit. But the rest of the movie, you don't see him. He's not. He is not that buff as shit for the rest of the movie. Here's the thing. I don't know if they filmed that movie at the beginning or at the end, but he worked out for that scene and then immediately went to Crafty because the rest of the movie, he's like, he's, you know. He looks dumpy, right? Maybe it's just his body type. Maybe maybe it's the shirt and his face also. I don't think he's as attractive as the Mario guy. No, no. He is is more akin to my body type, which which is husky. Husky. Um, You know, handsome and husky, but it's okay. You know, look, look, I'm not, I'm not bagging on the dude's fitness he, he you know he's he's a badass and he's kicking ass but he, he, he in this one scene i'm like are those cgi muscles because the rest of the movie he is not that like like he he's like okay i'm not gonna drink water or carbs for like a month and then afterwards like i can't keep that like like maybe that's what happened he worked out so hard for that one scene where he's like doing the samson like literally he's he's between two ropes 
trying to keep this tiger from attacking him. The t- it's like a trap. He's running through the woods. He thinks he's catching a wolf. A wolf is chasing and him. And he's running in a yeah. loincloth, period. Period, yeah. And he is leading the wolf to a trap, but then a tiger shows up. He's being chased by the tiger. And the tiger gets caught in the snare trap and and it, it you know the tiger's stuck but then the snare trap the ropes the ballast that is yanking the tiger into the air breaks and he runs and grabs both sides of the rope so he's yanking on him like like samson tied between the two pillars and he's like ah and the the camera just carves down his body just like look at these guys see i think this scene is as powerful <laughs> if not more than the last action scene because he's holding these two ropes and the ropes, the tension on the rope is what is what's keeping the tiger off of him. Yeah. And the tiger is right in his face. from his face, yeah. And then the ropes snap and the tiger jumps on him. And this motherfucker is wrestling a tiger like who's tiger. scratching his back. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, that guy, the last guy just fought like a hundred guys. This, this guy, guy is a fighting tiger. a tiger. And I was like, I don't know who's fucking cooler or hotter in this situation. They're both ultra badass. What badass? And he wins the battle. And, yeah. And, and so, he, so now they have, we got a goddamn tiger. So uh, that's cool. They got a tiger. Um, he, uh, it, it's a, it's foreshadowing. We're seeing that happens later. Also, I mean, going, why is he capturing a tiger? And I was like, well, they're introducing the character. The movie just started. She's like, but I don't understand why is he doing this? I was like, well, Amanda, I didn't the want movie to reveal will, it. Yeah, the, the movie and then I was like, I said, you. don't you think the movie will tell you if it's important? She's like, I just want to know. I was like, do you want me to tell you? She was like, I guess. I was like, there's going to be something about it later. Yeah. Like, well, also, why, why do you care? The tiger, it was cool. The tiger and grabbing well, the guy, the guy fought the tiger off. Dude, and showing how even if the tiger wasn't important, he's showing how badass he is. Th- that was the point of the scene to show off that he's badass. And he's right. Strong. But like, I'm a fucking idiot American. And I'm like, are they catching the tiger for like, I, you know, I'm an idiot. I'm like, are they eating the tiger? Like, I don't fucking know. Like, I had no. I don't know either. how tigers work. I don't know. how. <laughs> I don't know how they I don't know how any of this works. I'm so I you know, it's one of those movies kind of like when you watch um My Bloody Valentine. Where you're like, I understand that he used a tool to kill somebody, but I've never been in a mine, so I don't even understand how that tool works. I don't know what that tool is. <laughs> I don't know why. Why are there clothes up in the rafters? Why do they do that? Why are Why are the showers broke? Like none of this makes sense to me because I've never worked anywhere in a mine. So like, there are many moments here where I'm like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I've never never been to India. My, all my experiences from the movies that I've seen. So it's like, what are they going to do with the tiger? I had the same question. I had no fucking clue. I'm just a, a dumb, dumb. Within like point. 30 minutes or so, you see them bringing meat and throwing it through a slide in a door and you hear it, a, no, no, a no, no, large no, no. beast yeah. growl. So, you know, like, okay, they have the tiger and the tiger is here. So, so then we have a couple of scenes that shows Raju and Bahim. They're both going undercover to try and find each other. They don't realize that they're after each other, but undercover scene, undercover scene, undercover scene. You see that there's political unrest in India because at this point, it's a it's a it's a period piece. At this point, they're still under British rule. Nineteen um, twenty, so colonialism. Yeah, yeah, and it sucks, and they're assholes. The British dudes suck. But we get to this fucking baller scene where they cross paths for the first time. The setup is. Bahim sees this like kid and he's like, I'll catch you a fish, mister, for a couple bucks. And he's like, sure, I'll, I'll eat a fish. Let's do that. And the kid goes out and he's on a little raft and he's trying to get a fish. Above, 
there's a train and the train is coming along and something happens. There's an explosion. What causes the explosion? I mean, do you remember? The train is, just- is carrying oil or gas or something and it's leaking yeah. and it leaks onto the tracks. And when the train hits the brakes, there's sparks and the sparks <sighs> ignite that the train explodes, explodes. and falls into the lake and it creates this giant lake of fire yeah. around cool. this little fishing kid. Yeah. So the kid's like, help me, help me. And, Behem's like, oh shit, little kid, up above on the top Behem's of the bridge. Behem's up on the bridge. Uh, oh no, Behem's on the on the on bank. The ground. Raju's up above and he's like, oh fuck. And he runs and he looks down and he looks to the bank and he sees Behem and Behem and him make eye contact. And they're like, let's save this fucking kid. And you're like, fuck yeah. Like nonverbal <laughs> communication skills. <laughs> Behem hops on a fucking horse. Raju hops on a motorcycle and they drive up to the bridge and they're doing these hand signals where he's like, you do this and you do this. And they're like, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. And they grab these Indian flags and they're like tying them together, all these flags. And and it's like a, There's double a giant rope. They tie it to. Yeah, <laughs> they tie it to each other's waists and they, they're doing this big circle on the motorcycle and the horse. And then they're like on the count of three and they rush towards the opposite edges of the bridge and the motorcycle crashes into the wall. He jumps off the horse. They both jump. They're airborne. The rope catches him and they swing down below and grab the little boy and like, boom, grab hands in a fucking tur- like predator level high five. No, it's even bitch. cooler than that. They swing down and Raju has the flag. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Beam doesn't have anything yet. As they as they pendulum down, Raju holds the flag into the water. So the flag gets wet. Beam puts his hand out and grabs the kid. Yeah. When they pass each other, Beam throws the kid to Raju and Raju throws the flag to Beam. They each catch those things. And as they swing backwards, Raju throws the kid to the bank and Beam wraps himself in the wet flag so that he goes through Through the the fire. Yeah. Comes back and is okay. drops the flag. And then they do this. You (sighs) son of a bitch hand grab. And they introduce themselves. They introduce themselves under the bridge and then they drop into the water and this song is playing and it's it's an indian song and the 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 um subtitles are explaining that it's about like you know one unstoppable weapon and one force that can't be tempered and while this song is happening the two men are submerged underwater walking on the bottom of the lake towards each other to embrace each other it's fucking epic (laughs) i love that you brought up the song though because there's all these like you know the subtitles are explained but the songs are like you know catchy songs but they're explaining shit as they go more so than like most Mm -hmm. songs do they're like here's these two guys they're gonna be friends they don't know that one is hiding a secret and you're like how can this not end in violence and bloodshed yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's it's catchier than we're making it out to be but that's the gist of what's happening but like right like the songs are 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 almost a wrap-up rap level of explanation they're like yeah 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 yeah." so they sing this song about friendship while they're like riding tandem on motorcycles and like high five the most epic romance bro montage they climb this giant human pyramid which apparently was a real thing that i mean i know it's a real ceremony but apparently they shot a real one and these guys climb this giant human pyramid and then hit a pinata at the top and then jump off they're doing motorcycle shit together they're walking they're just becoming the best fucking friends and in like 15 minutes worth of montage they're watching sunset but then they're also like each doing their own thing right beam is trying to look into uh, uh finding millie and um or molly 
and uh, Raju is looking for the guy who got away. So they're each doing this thing, and then they almost find each other doing that shit a couple of times, but they still don't know. They're just still broing up. But I will say that train scene was my first high five moment. Where I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah, cool for sure. And I would say that train scene. There might have been two high fives in it if we watched it together. There, there's definitely one of the passes when he tosses the kid and they and they do the flag bit. <laughs> yeah. was, and then and then and then when they yeah, then when you get the son of a bitch uh, handshake, I was like, hell yeah. Um, it's just so cool. So fucking cool. A lot of a lot of singing about friendship. Um, super brotacular. Really brotacular. We'll get to it. Um, so Behem sees this cute girl, Jenny. She's the niece of the governor. And he's like, I love her. And Raju's like, dude, you don't even know how to talk to a girl. I'll help you. And like they threw some funny things. We don't have to get into it. We really don't. It takes it's it's But this it's is cute. the comedy scene. Yeah. And like it's they're cute. growing up because Raju is helping Beam with his love. He's giving him he's giving him some words, he's giving him some translation, and he's giving him some ideas and he sets them up. And I was like, that's what a bro does. There are some confusing pieces because if you watch like the the translated one where he Right. There's a bunch of jokes. They're speaking the same language. They're speaking the same language. There's a bunch of jokes that he can't pronounce things properly. And that's like the funny bits. And he's trying to teach him, you know, he doesn't know how to say her name. And like, he thinks that her name is no, just call me Jenny, please. And it's like, you know, he thinks that whole thing is her name. It's her name. Yeah. Yeah, There's some funny jokes. It gets lost if you watch it in English. If you watch it in one of the Indian languages, it plays because her actual language is English. Is English. Yeah. uh, In the movie. So, so, you know, there's some funny stuff there, but she invites him to some things. He invites her to some things. But one of the things she invites him to is like a posh party. And, you know, he, Raju helps him spruce up and they show up to the party. And some like British guy there is like, you asshole Indian dudes, we hate you. You suck. Get the fuck out of here. I bet you can't even dance. You suck. <laughs> like, you don't know the flamingo. You yeah. don't know the salsa. He trips him and makes him fall and. Beam is on the floor like a pansy, and he's just like, you can't do any of these dances that only English people know. Right? It's it's one of those like ah. unnecessarily mean bully moments in movies, but like also it's not that mean. It's like British mean where you're like, oh, you can't even do the salsa. Wait a minute. British mean in this movie is like white people mean in a Spike Lee movie. The British in this movie are fucking unrelentingly terrible <laughs> true but not in this scene in this like, For, like fair look, fair look, like in the scope of like shit that they like dude i just found out about canoning this week which is like what the fuck like british people used to to scare indians into submission to keep their colonial rule they used to literally like tie a dude to the wheels of a cannon and fire a cannonball through him in front of people which is like oh fuck like that's disgustingly brutal Kind of so dance off it. is not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I kind of want to see that in a movie, but <laughs> that's terrible that that happened in real life. Uh, yeah, dance off is not that big of a deal. Anyway, we get this fucking awesome dance off, and the song is called "Not to Not to." But I so wait, wait, wait. Can I just say because this is literally my favorite part of the entire movie, Dude. my favorite part of the movie. What word did you hear when the song was happening? Though I've heard two different versions. Okay, not uh, the- not to. I think was the first one I saw when I heard it in Tang uh, Telugu. Is it Ting? Yeah, when I heard it in Telugu, that's what it was. Then now it's Nacho when I watch it on. um, (laughs) The American one is Nacho, 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 Nacho. And I was like, man, I am so hungry right now. I need some Nacho. Nacho, 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 Nacho. 
when the British guy trips Beam, Beam falls into a waiter and knocks the metal tray that they're holding to the floor. And all the whole time that the British guy is razzing on him, this metal tray is rolling in slow motion. Yeah. And as that happens, the British guy's like, you can't even dance. And then we see the tray start to stop and someone kicks it up into the air, flipping. It lands on the drum set. And who is standing at the drum set? But Raju. And he starts laying down a beat. And at this point, I was like, this is the greatest bro movie I have ever seen. This, to me, is even better than the whole train bridge scene, because like any two bros would be like, hey, I'd swing off a bridge and save a kid with you because that's fucking cool. But if I saw you getting punked by some other guy and I could play the drums to help you in front of your girl. You bet your ass I would do it. And I I did not expect that. I did not see that there was a musical number coming, but I also did not know that this guy was just going to be like, oh, by the way, I can also fucking play the drums for you. (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. And he's like, what the? And then he just strolls up. Do you know Natu? And it's like the most epic dance thing. Oh, God, it's just so fucking cool. It's my favorite part of the movie. They dance their fucking ass off. Here's the thing. You said it. The two dudes, the two heroes in this movie do everything well. Everything they do, they do they're good at it. They're just they're mm-hmm. they're good at being muscular, they're good at kicking ass, they're good at saving kids. Dude, let me ask you this. Singing? Singing, dancing. If you and I were trying to do the train thing and you did any one of the hand movements, I'd be like, What the fuck am I doing? And you'd be like <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, I'd see you jump off and then you'd see me jumping off and it would go into slow mo and you're like Dude, you're not holding the rope. I was like, I was supposed to hold the rope <laughs> as I fall into the fire. What the tide. hell is a sign for rope? Well, like, yeah, I wouldn't I would not be on board with how fast that that situation was progressing and I would end up burning alive. <laughs> you, you'd throw me the wet flag and I'd be like, oh, shit, there it goes. Like, yeah, I would. I am not. You know, I can't catch like I, I like to think that I could do some badass stuff. I could do this dance shit. I've, I've shown up to karaoke bars and basically pulled off. The not to not to equivalent of like, you know, winning, winning the joint over, but singing or dancing, singing, singing. I, I, I can, okay. da- I, you know, I want to see some not I to mean, not to dancing. I mean, you've seen me dance, bro. <laughs> I, I have. I was actually telling the story about Comic-Con dancing the other day. Um, um I dance with, but this, this is a great dance off. This turns into a dance. It's a crazy dance number. Yeah. And then it halfway through the, it's a long number too. It turns into <laughs> so a dance off. Where yes. Like the British guys are like, fuck this. Let's cause the girls are dancing with them. So they're like, fuck this. Let's get up here and show them. We could figure this dance out. And it's like a dance off where they're like dancing as hard as they can. And people start dropping and they're dropping to the floor and they get cramps. And ha- again, another baller bro move. What happens at the end? So, so you got three contestants all, left. Yeah, and they're dancing super fucking hard. And you got Fahim and Raju are basically the last two standing. And women, because Raju, obviously, with his mustache, is the hottest one there, they're chanting his name. <laughs> and Jenny starts chanting Fahim's name. And Raju mm-hmm. sees her chanting, and he's like, I got you, bro. And he t- he takes the yep. fall. And he lets Fahim win. And, sh- and Jenny's like, yeah, sploosh. And he's like, fuck yeah. But then like the very next scene, like they're like hobbling. They're like, oh my God, why did we do that yeah, dance? Cut so to <laughs> beam on Raju's back. And it's, which is foreshadowing, foreshadowing of the cool gun scene later. Yeah. But also it's just fucking adorable that this guy just broed him a victory. And now he's literally walking with him on his shoulders because he loves him so much. <laughs> And his little buddy danced so hard to get a girlfriend 
I love that shit. I'm on board for this. I want them to end up together. Fuck Jenny. I, well, that's the thing. At some point, we are going to have to play the game. Is it gay? Doesn't matter. Does not matter. We love it either way. I'm happy for them no matter what. But I don't know at what point you're like, oh, that's just their culture. They have a, they ha- they are more comfortable with with uh, male intimacy and like, you know, dudes touching each other and broing down and like that's just part of that culture. And at what point it crosses over into like, oh, this is actually a love story. I don't know. The the lines are so blurred for me in this movie. <laughs> I think at this point it's still brotastic. Uh, it doesn't until not until we get to the BDS scene that that I'm like, oh, this is there, well, there it is. This I heard that the that the director Raja Muli had said, and this is a quote. Uh, it's an unapologetic relationship between two friends. And I like that. Like, whatever you want to say it is or it isn't, yeah. I like that it's just two dudes who are like, fuck this. Like, or, you know, it's Raja Muli's, um depiction of this relationship where these two guys are like, we're bros for life, man. I don't care how you quantify that. I quantify that as child saving, dancing, piggyback rides. <laughs> I would do all those things with you. The occasional whipping. <laughs> We'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it. I wouldn't uh, whip to you, but okay. So they win this dance off. It's fucking. That's it. my favorite. My favorite part is when he's playing the drums, though, because it's like, yeah, he's there. He's. I, I've never had a man in my life be there for me that hard to play the drums at some posh British party to make me look good. It's fucking great. It's a great fucking scene. Uh, Behem gets into the palace because of Jenny's approval. She helps him get in. She's like, "Come check out my art." And he's like, eh, "All right, fine." Uh, but he sneaks off and he finds uh, Malie and she's like, get me out of here. And he's like, I can't, but I got a plan. She's like, okay. Um, while that's happening, Raju finally captures one of Bahim's like comrades and he's torturing the shit out of him. It's kind of gnarly. He's beating the living mm-hmm. shit out of this dude. And he's like, tell me where he is. Tell me where the hero of Gond is. I'm going to kick your ass. And that goes on for a while. It's a long ass torture scene. But which is uh, kind of jarring because we've just watched him bro across the universe. Yeah. And you love him because he's being a good guy. And they're like, oh, shit, he's a bad guy. We got to remember, he is technically a traitor to the Indians at this point, working with the the English. And you're like, I forgot that he's fucking brutal. And that cool scene at the beginning when he's beating the shit out of people, he was beating the shit out of people who were mad at the British for taking over their shit. Yeah. So he technically is the antagonist. He's he's on the wrong side of things. And. They right. remind you that pretty hardcore. You're like, bro, we get that you're like, uh, like, why do you have to go so hard, dude? Anyway, his comrade, the comrade, the guy he's torturing um, through some trickery is like, I got a snake in my pocket. And he throws this like <laughs> super venomous snake and it bites Raju in the face. And he's like the only person in the arm. In the arm. Why can't it be the face? It can be the face this time. Because his mustache would not allow it. <laughs> his mustache, his was like, mustache would have yeah, His mustache would have bit the snake. Yeah, so he gets bitten. He's like the only person who has the antidote are, are the gone people, and and the comrade dies. So then Raju's like, he's dying. He's like, oh fuck! And you get one of those like, he runs outside and just happens to see Behem, who's like, who's like basically plotting with his buddies, and they're like, oh shit, is that my homie Raju? Fuck! And he's like, I, you got bit by a snake. And he's like, Raju is you. playing the same drum beat yeah. from the from the party that's, that's how, how he Bean knows knows that he's over there in trouble he hears and, it and he goes investigates and and he uses his his you know his shaman magic to help him with the antidote but like raju's like oh fuck my best bro knows the antidote and i was told that the gond hero is the one who knows the antidote and Bahim takes 
Raju back home and he's like, dude, I, I need to tell you something. And because you're dying, like, I want to make sure that like, if you don't make it, you need to know this. But like, I'm, I'm from Gond. I'm a Gond here. And like, I'm here to save this girl. And he's like, but don't worry, my friend. We'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. I have something I got to go do. We're always going to be friends. Yeah. We're going to be friends forever. You're going to be okay. I'll come right back. And then we're going to be friends forever. Friends forever. Oh, man. So he leaves, Bahim leaves, and Raju like struggles, but he's like, no. And you get this like angry scene where he's smashing shit and punching shit. He's all pissed off because like he now knows that his best buddy is the guy he's looking for. And you're like, tragedy. Ah. So Bahim's up to something. There's a big party at the governor's palace, huge party, you know, fireworks and candlelight, and everybody's dressed up to the nines, and there's a band and all this shit's happening and in a giant courtyard because the palace courtyard, is yeah. essentially like a giant courtyard with a giant gate. Yeah. And Bahim and his buddies, they have a truck and the truck is covered with a tarp and they're timing the gate opening and closing so they can bust through the gate with this truck and they time it perfectly. Boom. Truck busts through. The party's like, what the fuck? Everybody's running in chaos. <laughs> the truck flips over in slow motion and as the truck flips over they pull the tarp off and you realize what the tiger was for fucking the, bad ass dude as they the release- truck like screeches sideways all of these ca- they pull the tarp up and it's the truck is covered in all these cages yes. and all these cages are open and uh beam dressed like a freaking warrior jumps out with all these different wild animals jumping with him Giant elks with huge antlers, tigers, cheetahs, panthers, wolves, all these things just jumping in glorious, relatively crappy slow motion CG. (laughs) But like at this point, it doesn't look like real animals, but you give zero fucks because you're too busy high fiving everybody. Right. That's a high five moment for sure. Fucking for sure. The animals start (laughs) fucking everybody up. People are getting their throats ripped out. Dudes are getting killed by tigers. People are getting tossed in the air. The British guys are shooting muskets. Fireworks start going off and destroying things. It is bedlam. It is mayhem. And then Raju shows up and he starts fucking up tigers. He starts punching deers in the face. He is going after Bahim. He's wearing like, his whole police whole uniform. Police right? uniform. Bahim is climbing the walls while the chaos is going around him to go save Mali and probably kill the governor because the governor's retreating to his inner sanctum area of the courtyard. And he's like, I'm going to kill this girl if you don't surrender. And he's like, I'm going to kill you and everybody around you. I don't give a shit. And you believe he can do it, too. And Bahim jumps off the ramparts to to kill the governor and suddenly is like, I'm stuck and turns up and Raju has grabbed him. He's like, brother, homie, what's up? And he's like, I'm a police officer and I, I, I caught you. And you're like, no. Can I tell you that leading into this scene, I no. looked over at Lauren and I was like, I am so emotionally invested in this that I'm anxious. Yeah. I don't want this fight to happen. And I don't remember the last time I felt that way in a movie where like, you know, this thing is about to happen, but you're so gripped. You're so caught up in the in the in your suspension of disbelief. That you're like invested. I have not been more invested in a movie or a scene in a long time. I was like, these two bros have to fight now. And I was upset about it. I was. Dude, it is brutal. But I want to put a pin in this. Like, we're going to keep talking about it. But I want to put a pin in this to come back to. Because I want you all to remember the moment when the tigers are jumping out of the cage. 
and Raju has arrived in his police uniform. Just keep this in your mind because we're going to come back to this because I have something I need to ask you, Rumi. So don't let me forget. So basically, they, they have a fight. It's not a huge fight, but it's still pretty like upsetting. It's and a huge fight. Are you kidding? Not as huge as other stuff that happens later. But it's like a fight. Well, I mean, it's hard to quantify that in okay. this movie. It's like but... a Warriors level fight. How about that? No, yes. it's it's emotional as fuck because the whole like they, they oh, so they punch rough. each other. They punch each other a few times and fall off a couple balconies. But Raju captures Bahim. That's what it ends with. Right. He's yeah. Captured. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And, and like, yeah, it is brutal. Right. And yeah. So now he's captured and that's how it goes into an intermission intermission. Should we take an intermission now? OK, guys, come back in 13 minutes. No, just kidding. We're going to keep it going. <laughs> um, so he's captured his friend and Raju has this like flashback moment as he feels guilty that he's kind of betraying his friend. And he has this flashback where he goes, we see that he's leaving his village and he's like, I won't come back without weapons. I'm going to I'm going to be your savior. I'm going to I'm going to make my father proud and I'm not coming back until I have the weapons to arm all of you to fight the British. And you're like, wait, he's an undercover agent? Coming back to that pin, Rumi, if you were the undercover police agent, you're Raju, I'm Bahim, you just saw me come into a courtyard flying with tigers. Do you go, "Ah, I better arrest that guy and do my job? Or do you go, oh, he's got a way fucking better plan. I'm going to get on board with that plan. Let's get the tigers going. (laughs) Come on, tigers, let's go. Like, seriously, wouldn't you be like, oh, we're on the same side? I I better get on the side with the tigers and not go through with my stupid plan. Like, what the fuck were you thinking, bro? The second I found out that he was a double agent, I was actually mad at him because the second I saw tigers in the mix, I would have been on board with that dude's plan. He, this is, this is, this is when somebody's so fucking stubborn because you think you have a good idea and you're not willing to let your plan go to the wayside when somebody literally shows up with goddamn tigers and animals and they're killing everybody. Your plan was cooler, but that was for one thing. You can't, Arming a army is probably a better long-term plan for winning a war Dude, than a tiger attack. If you guys, if your level of like bro-tastic testicular action, you could go catch the 10 tigers and come back every week with more tigers. Come That's on. true. They probably could catch 10 tigers. If they work together, yeah, yeah, they would fucking own tigers. Dude, they could, Maybe. If they work together, they could just walk in and steal all the rifles they need. Anyway, I thought that was a fucking, <laughs> that was selfish. Of it. He's that, selfish. I'm mad at him at that point scene, though, where they first fight during with the tiger scene. That is what Revenge of the Sith should have been. That is what Anakin versus Obi-Wan should have been. And I thought that the entire movie, because I was like, you're making me like both of these guys. You're making me love them as a couple. And like the movie doesn't have to be three hours long to achieve that. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie that, you, you know, you, I don't think you could say that RRR had three and a half hours to work with and Revenge of the Sith didn't. But like you could have made me care about those two characters as a unit to the point where when they fought, I was upset and I legit was upset watching these two guys in RRR fight. I didn't give a fuck during uh, during Revenge of the Sith during episode God, no. three because that movie is such shit. I but like you, that's ground. what this should have been, bro. Was that? I have the high ground and Darth Anakin's like, you didn't show up with fucking tigers, dude. I would have been on board if you showed up with tigers. Gimedic comes screeching in a TIE fighter and opens up the door and like a bunch of fucking neck battle attack dogs jump out. That's yes. a deep cut right there. That is that is um, that's impressive, my dude. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I, I was mad at him at this point because I again I think that's that's pretty selfish, but you're right. There's a long he's playing the long game and they're just trying to save this girl. I get it. The ramifications for 
Behem's arrest. Raju gets like promoted big time. He gets the red vest, which mm-hmm. means he has red coat. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has access to the weapons now, which is a big deal. And he's mm-hmm. proud of that. But he's like, dude, I betrayed my friend. And they're like, yeah. And now we're going to like make him an example. We're going to publicly flog him. And you're gonna you're gonna be there, and he's like, oh, bro, sounds Log hot. until he confesses his crimes yeah. and, and and kneels. kneels. Yeah, and he's like, sounds hot. I'm there. Um, <laughs> That's what he said. That was a direct Telugu translation. <laughs> sounds hot. Uh, so then we get this. Like, I I haven't seen a sexy ass vlogging scene like this since Passion <laughs> of the Christ. <laughs> it goes on so fucking long. At first, she's like, he's so so like. Again, the callback, he's like chained up, his arms are out, and he won't kneel. So they like beat him in his knees. So then he's like dragging his toes on the ground. He's just he- holding himself up by his own strength. And they throw this whip down, and, and, and Raju's whipping him with the whip. And then they're like, the, the shitty, shitty baroness or whatever she is, governess. She's like, you can't skip over. Yeah, enough. she's like, there's not he's enough not blood. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought blood. there'd be more blood. Hit him harder. So yeah. then he whips him and whips him. And then she goes, there's not a, he, she, he's not kneeling. She goes, use this. And from under her seat, she pulls out a black whip covered in spikes. Spikes. Without explanation. Where the fuck did that come from? She Did she bring that? Or is that just always under her chair? And this she throws freak, it dude. down to him. Told you. Then she's sexy. like, she's like, hit the <laughs> pillar first so she could see how it will rip him. And this, oh, yes. this whip wraps around the pillar and he pulls it and it just chainsaws it <laughs> rips out splinters and shit that's like Jenny a classic goes, oh. horror movie like like trick show show it on something real so that when you get hit with the fake axe you you're still like oh, right 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 you know oh i saw it split that log it must be real sharp yeah um so then he whips the shit out of him some more there's blood everywhere and he starts singing this song and he's like, I'm not going to kneel and my strength is from the people and the wind gives me strength and my tears give me strength. And the people start. Yeah, rioting. if I give into this, am yeah. I really a child of the forest? Yeah. And the people start rioting and it starts getting really violent and the police are beating on the people. He's whipping him. Raju's whipping Bahim. The people are like, oh, God. Ah. And uh, they, they usher him away and they're like, he didn't kneel. Oh, and, you know, they, but Raju is heartbroken. You could say Raju is yeah. sad. He doesn't want to be doing this. He now yeah. is questioning, if not thinking he's doing the wrong thing. So he's Heart- he is yeah. not as strong as he was a minute ago. This this made him hard as fuck. I mean, was hard as fuck for him. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bunch of them, dude. Keep coming. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, he, he flogs the shit out of his buddy and it's, it's really bad. And. He's like, I need to help him because they're going to execute him the next day and I won't be able to help him. So he's like, hey, you know, you know what? You should execute him and make the little girl watch and you should execute him on the edge of the forest so there's no protesters around. And the governor's like, I like the way you think, dude. Thanks. Thanks for that suggestion. And he knows that he can he can help him, but will probably be sacrificing himself to do that. So this is a Raju's plan to tell, yeah. try to help Beam. But the best part is he at no point like gives a nod or a wink or a look to Beam. So Beam doesn't know that this is a plan. <laughs> again, again, this is this is a miscommunication between buddies, which would have me be like, oh, oh, I was I was supposed to duck when you threw that axe at my head. And now I'm. Yeah, dead. you didn't Thanks. just fucking like, but he could have winked at him or given him a look or something i mean i you and i have a short-term enough thing that i think if you were chained up and i was going to pretend to kill you in front of someone you cared about i could give you a little like (laughs) yeah right (laughs) 
They didn't even. Oh, ask you're any still questions. my launch pad, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't even <laughs> ask me any question. So the next day, he's they're going to shoot him or they're going to hang him. Anyway, he's out out hang at him. the execution spot. Raju is driving with Malie, and um, they trigger a trap to stop the governor. And the governor's car is it a rope or a rock? What what does he hit? A tree slams down, but the governor sees it coming, and coming, somehow yeah. I watched it last night. The tree hits the hood of the car. The car, the car upends. The, the governor goes up in the air, Whoa. but grabs his rifle while in the air. Yeah, and then is able to shoot it, but you don't see how he landed, so he didn't get hurt. I guess. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of uh, cool. Though. It, it affects yeah, yeah. in his. Oh, and also Raju had uh, tampered with a bunch of rifles. So all the army guys that are around um, Beam, their rifles aren't working. They aren't working. Right. So all so Beam and Mali start to run away. They start to get away. And Raju is kicking ass all over the place and, you know, stopping everybody. And 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 Beam and him have another confrontation. And Beam thinks that he's trying to kill him. He's like, you asshole, you whip the shit out of me. No, Beam thinks he's trying to kill Mali because there's a there's a British soldier behind Mali. And we know that Raju Raju is trying to kill this guy. He shoots. Beam watches it. Beam yells at Mali. Mali drops. The bullet goes past him. And Beam jumps on top of Raju and clubs him in the fucking head. Beats him. And I was like, damn. And then he's over him. Now, we've already seen there was a scene where Raju could have stabbed Beam earlier in the last fight. But he didn't because they're bros. So he withheld. And now you have the same thing with Beam on top of a beaten Raju. And he takes this thing and he's about to stab him. And he takes a deep breath. And then he stabs down or smashes down. And I was like, oh, my God. I was totally sucker. I was like, he just killed him. And he didn't even know that the last thing he did was save Mali. He just killed his best friend. And he's going to forever think that he was evil. And then as Beam and Mali run away, the camera whips around. And Beam did that thing where you slam down next to the person you were going to kill but not really kill them because you couldn't do it so i was like oh i like seriously the relief i felt at that moment i was like oh my god okay good thank god so the ramifications after this the 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 british government's pissed they're like search everywhere look everywhere find them you know the dogs are out they're they're looking for behem and and malie and we see that their their whole like village is is in hiding now and they're hiding in in not you know they're not they can't stay at their home they they're in deep hiding and they come across um they come across this woman Sita and she helps them and the 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 British are like closing in and they're about to like they're about to find them and Sita runs in she's like oh my god it's the plague or it's it's smallpox and she's like there's smallpox in here don't come in here don't come in here and the British are like ah and they run away and he, and Bahim's like thank you thank you for saving us um and she's like you guys are hungry I would help anybody. Here's some food. And she's like, my fiance is away and I miss him. And and he's like, oh, who is he? And she's like, his name's Raju. And he's like, oh, shit. And she's like, he's been arrested. They're going to execute him. And he's like, oh, shit. And he wrote me this letter. And in the letter's like, I miss you. But dude, I betrayed my bro. And that hurts more than anything. I met this guy. You're yeah. not going to believe it. <laughs> he likes riding motorcycles and high-fiving like me. And she's like, oh. <laughs> so she reads this letter and Bahim's like... Oh, I was wrong. And and he was he was actually like had a mission of his own. And we get this flashback of Sita telling about like the history of 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 Raju's mission. 
and we see Raju as a little kid. They keep flashing back to this periodically. You get pieces of it, yeah. We'll talk about it here. Uh, each time you get a little bit more, that yeah. makes more sense in context. Raju's father worked for the British military briefly, and he saw them executing elders of different villages. And in one of these situations, this guy's about to shoot this elder who didn't pay his taxes or didn't do what he was supposed to do. And he's about to get shot and the governor shows up and he's like, this is British bullets, man. Do you know how much it costs to get a British bullet here? That's not worth this dude's life. Find a different way. And he like beats him to death with the butt of a rifle. And and this is the same thing that happened at the beginning to Molly's yep. mother. The, the A soldier was going to shoot him and the same governor was like, do you know how much that bullet in your gun cost? Yeah. It was made in England by British workers and then shipped over on the British British, you know, vessels. And then it was put there. It's like it's worth one shilling. Yeah. Not worth now we've this heard the speech twice now. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not worth brutal. a brown life. Find another way. Yeah. And so his dad is like, this is I, I will not serve these people anymore. So he is training his village to fight them, but they only have one rifle and limited bullets. And you find out that Raju is like, dad, let me shoot the gun. Let me shoot the gun. He's like, no, no, no. Like you, when, when I give you bullets and when I give you guns, when I arm the people, you must make every shot count. And, you know, you get a couple moments where like he steals the rifle and he's actually a really good shot and his father's proud of him. And then the British show up and they just start massacring the village and his dad and Raju are like pinned down and his dad's just picking motherfuckers off and he's screaming, load aim shoot pow pow and they are just they are just picking these dudes off but it's a losing battle and and he raju's dad is like i need to get your mom and sister and i need to get you need to get you out of here and so he stands up and he's like he's like hey 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 you know well, he gets shot a couple times oh, then yeah, raju starts raju takes the gun and raju starts yeah. shooting so he's like you need to get out of here and he sends the women and kids away and he's like get out of here raju and he goes to surrender but then raju takes up the gun and his dad's screaming load fire shoot oh. he's bleeding filled with bullet holes he's bleeding everywhere and he was basically sacrificing himself so his kid could get away and his kid's like pow 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 make every shot count load aim shoot and like he's firing around his dad and then his dad like lifts up the back of his cloak and there's dynamite strapped to him and like the last bullet he has well because the englishmen kill every raju's yep. brother yep. shot him in the back and then Ooh. raju's mom as she ran yep. to the brother and the and then he was like baba mother died and he his the father's like load it's like you gotta do this then he walks over yeah looks like he's surrendering and then Roger shoots him in the back where his dynamite is and just boom, blows that army away and ends that scene, that flashback. Fucking crazy. Damn. That that scene is where it got me. That's where I was like, damn, he really is a tragic hero who's trying to do something. And like, that's your life. Right. And you've had to come up being like this bad guy. Like, damn, dude, that's deep cover shit right there. That's like you. But it, like, mm -hmm. also, you have to wonder, like, did he get lost in the game a little bit? Like, is he? Yeah, 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 like, exactly. At what point did he sacrifice more of himself than his mission was worth? I think when you're whipping the shit out of your friend, no matter how hot you think that is, uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> like, you have to. Yeah, wonder, I don't know, like, man. I that's, too far? There's like a, you could say the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. I get that. But then you're whipping your best friend. Yeah. Who you've already betrayed. This isn't even the betrayal. You've already betrayed him to oh, get him on the post. Jesus. Yeah, that's rough. That's rough. <sighs> shot his own dad but back in the story Bahim is like well shit 
if he's going to get executed, I'm going to go save him. And she's like, what? And he's like, I'm that friend. And she's like, oh. uh, we find out that, that Raju's alive and his legs have been like fucking beat the shit. They, 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 they tortured been, him and broke his legs. They've basically been hanging him from the ceiling with his legs dangling, free floating off the ground. They just keep beating the shit out of his leg. So he can barely walk. And they're like, ha ha, you won't even get to see the sunrise before we kill you. So they throw him in this pit. And he can't even stand up. And he, because he keeps working out. And they're like, why are you, why do you keep exercising even if you're going to die tomorrow? And he's like, because you always work towards your goal no matter what. So they break his fucking legs and then throw him, throw in, him in this little hole. And the first thing he does is pick his leg up and move it. And then he grabs onto the, because the, the pit has a gate over the top of it. He yeah. grabs the gate starts doing fucking pull-ups and you're like yeah Roger. <laughs> so behem shows up so cool big stealth scene him sneaking around and trying to find him and he finds him in the pit and it's a long scene how does he but find him i don't know we don't boom, have to, boom, it's, it's too much drum. so much drumming so it takes way too long <laughs> anyway he finds him in the pit and he's like i can't walk he's like then i will carry you and he pulls off the fucking grate he in the ground. He breaks the grate with his fucking hands. breaks it, <laughs> pulls his buddy out, and puts him on his shoulders. And we have the most epic piggyback ride you've ever seen in your life because <laughs> Raju has two pistols, and he's doing all these like crazy like malignant-style moves. Where, yeah, muskets. Firing the guns, killing dudes left and right while he's riding his buddy on his buddy's shoulders. And Beam is reloading for him. Beam yes. is Beam is 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 chambering the next round for him. It's so fucking cool. They're <laughs> jumping off of high structures. They're climbing up guard towers. Like it's like if Human Centipede turned into an action movie. Like <laughs> 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 It's it's for it's sure a high five ridiculous. moment, right? Oh, big high five moment, dude! When they're climbing up, yeah. like two dudes climbing, <laughs> climbing on top of each other, then climbing up other shit and diving off and shooting dudes, blowing stuff up left and right. He's like bending over backwards, doing Matrix stuff. It is so fucking crazy. They run into the woods and they're hiding, and like they're surrounded, and they just keep sending more dudes, keep sending more dudes. But these guys are Rambo style. They're sneaking up behind them, slitting their throats, stabbing them with arrows fucking shit up and it's like brutal rambo fighting but like they're surrounded and there's this temple there of rama which is a archer this is again where like idiot white guy is going to start showing real hard um <laughs> Bahim's hiding in the water and raju takes the 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 bow off of the statue of rama and he basically goes super saiyan and turns into a god is what well, what Beam is also under- also Beam also fixes his legs, so now Raju can run and, and jump and all over that yeah, but shit. What is your understanding of this moment specifically? Does he I don't turn know if he becomes god? divine or if he just takes this thing off of a shrine and uses it because he's a badass. But he but, changes completely. Like his hair turns into this like 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 as cool as my hair. He completely transforms into like some other being. I mean, he goes Super Saiyan, right? Well, like in the same in the same scene though. There's a lot of motorcycles and Beam catches and throws two motorcycles. That looks cute, Rumi. Beam catches and throws two motorcycles over his head. Like, it's not like he swings around. He picks up a motorcycle and throws it twice. I so love it. I, I love don't it. know if it. It, maybe the gods are behind them or maybe they just always have that strength. But it, to me, doesn't matter why it's happening. There's yeah. crazy fucking arrow scenes. He shoots an arrow through a tree and it yep. doesn't get the guy on the other side. 
He jumps up, kicks the back of the arrow through the rest of the tree into yep. the other guy's face. Shoots the pins off of grenades to make them explode into dudes. Like, mm-hmm. fucking baller. Fucking baller. Yeah, motorcycles. And, like, the governor's watching from afar, and he just sees the explosions. And they're getting closer. Just, it is, this is, like, the most epic action. Like, they're like, fuck it. Like, it's a very John Wick action scene yes. in the woods here, right? With two guys. One's got a spear. One's got a bow and arrow. Um, it's just badass. A lot badass. of cool kills. They get to the gates of the governor's palace, and like Raju looks to Behem. He's like, "You think what I'm thinking?" He's like, "Fuck yeah, I am." And I'm like, "Because one's on a motorcycle, yeah. and one's on a horse. One's on a horse, and they go charging towards the the palace." Behem ramps the motorcycle up this rock and like dives off. And the motorcycle goes flying through a window, lands inside the battery where all Ra- the bombs Raju are. shoots it with a fire arrow, fire so arrow. it turns yeah, yeah, into yeah. a ghost rider cycle. Fucking flaming motorcycle, launching it into... <laughs> the armory window. <laughs> the armory window. And you get this chain reaction of everything blowing up. And we see like a bunch of soldiers die. The governess dies. The whole building collapses. It's baller. Ray, I want to bring up one thing, though. Do you remember in one of the Die Hard movies when he destroys a helicopter with a motorcycle and everybody was like, yeah, off the tumbles, yeah, 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 yeah. I ran out <laughs> of bullets. And in this in this movie, everybody goes, yay. What the fuck, guys? Like, can we get concerned? I liked it? I liked it in Die Hard. I, that Die Hard movie is not nearly as good as the first three, but it's fine. I I think I think that Die Hard movie is better than the third one. I do. Ooh, maybe yeah. we have to do like a face off for that. Uh, I, like, I would. I'll need to rewatch both and check them. Here's what I will say: like Samuel Jackson is way cooler than any part of that that fourth Die Hard movie. But mm-hmm. that movie's plot is terrible and makes no sense. And there's like, yeah, that's true. There's unforgivably stupid moments like when they have to like defuse this bomb by doing water and they do it wrong like because editing they're like this is taking too long let's cut out of the scene they they do the the problem wrong they say the right answer but show the wrong thing is so, that true uh, yes it pisses me off every time i have to watch that and see all right all right um, so that's that we'll table anyway. that for another time but anyway launch launches a motorcycle destroys everything in the rubble the governor is somehow still alive and he's lying there and like Raju shows up and like pins him, like crucifies him to like a, a, a rubble with arrows. And then Behem shows up with the rifle and, and Raju's like, load, click, click, ch- ch- aim. And the governor's like promising them the world. And, and you know, but they do the shit. whole bullet thing. They say yeah. this bullet was, yeah. you know, so show him the value of his bullet. Make sure he always keeps that value close to his heart. Load, <sighs> aim, shoot. Pow. And it is Blows one of the most away. one of the most satisfying villain endings ever to be put in a movie. And the blood so splatters across a flag that has the crown on it. It says something like, you know, like the British crown will never fall or some shit like that. Oh. And his blood blah, splatters across it. So then they all go home and then there's a huge dance number. Just massive fucking dance number. Every person in the cast and a million. Including the director. And they're showing all these revolutionary heroes. Heroes, yeah, yeah. Now, this is where, once again, my idiot white man is showing full force. Like, I'm wearing a kilt and just blowing in the wind. Um, (laughs) I don't know anything about Indian revolutionaries or what this movie is promoting. And I've read some things that where like people are like, wait, Gandhi wasn't there. And they're like, yeah, that movie is specifically on a fuck Gandhi mode. And I'm like, what? I don't know the politics of like revolutionary India or like what this movie could be saying. 
and I'm not going to pretend I know, but it was a noticeable omission to some and then realize that there's like a deeper political meaning to what this movie is pro for and what it's against. And I'm like, huh, uh, very rarely have I been exposed to a, yeah, fuck Gandhi um, message, but all right, I guess that's actually that. the next one. Our, our, our Gandhi. two fuck Gandhi. Fuck Gandhi. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's actually the message. He's actually the big like, bad in the second one. <laughs> Gandhi's the big bad. <laughs> and and look, I I don't know the bigger political like attitude towards Gandhi. I'm not even going to pretend. But like when re- researching this movie, some people were like, "Oh yeah, that's a thing." And it's like, huh? And it's just like it, it. It suddenly was like I should do more research as a human being. And I was like, Nah, I got a podcast to do. I. I'm going to do half-ass research. I got to watch Critters 3. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to talk about it like I know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about, but this is something I came across. If you do know what you're talking about, maybe you should hit us. I read a little bit. Yeah. These two guys were real revolutionaries, Mm. Beam and Raj. They were real historical figures that really did do revolutions and their life paths were very similar, apparently. They never met. They They never met. Correct. They never met. They were not at the same spot. None of the movie actually happened, I guess. They, I don't know how much of the each character's each past is fictionalized, but they, they, they never. No, I actually read that. I read that Rajamuli was uh, he kind of got part of the idea for the the inspiration, I guess, for this type of movie from Inglorious Bastards, because you watch Inglorious Bastards and then towards the end, Hitler gets killed and you're suddenly like, wait a minute, this is like an alt version of history. This is not actual World War II. And I uh, the thing that I read said that when he saw that, he was like, oh, you could make a historical movie that is just not true. There's no reason you can't make a fictionalized historical movie, which is kind of cool as a concept, right? Uh, Rumi doesn't like it. I don't know how I feel about any of that. Because look, again, I love it. You, yes, don't you tell can. me it's true. Don't tell me this is what really happened, bro. And then show Hitler getting shot. <laughs> look again. Because no, you don't I, like that. Because I don't know the history of this story. I'm like, yeah, this seems fine. But like, no, I, I hated them killing Hitler. I thought that was terrible. That was such a stupid fucking thing. Well, I didn't like that movie, but th- that it, wasn't uh, what I, I hate Inglorious Bastards. I know. I know. At me. Come on. Bring it. That movie's horribly edited. And I feel the same way. The hubris. The, but uh, not because of, of the. And then fucking. But again, then again, in fucking um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like Sharon Tate not getting murdered by by the Manson family. Like that's even worse. Because people know that Hitler didn't get murdered in a movie theater. People don't have a foot like unless you like study a bunch of murder mystery shit. Like not more people know about Hitler than about Sharon Tate. About Sharon Tate and Charles Manson. So some yeah. people are like, oh, I guess they saved her. It's like, no, no. Again, like again, the arrogance to think that you could you can save it by making this movie. Like that you. I don't know. I don't know that one. That one. I, Kill Hitler all you want. He's all riled right. up, guys. If you're watching the YouTube, you can see he's upset. You can kill Hitler all you want. The, the Sharon Tate thing just seemed even more irresponsible and stupid to me. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Fine. Do what you want. Make movies how you want. I don't care. You could kill Hitler, but don't save Sharon Tate. <laughs> I don't know. It's just okay. Anytime you do historical bullshit, like it, it's not Forrest Gump. Like for like, here's the thing: Forrest Gump is inserted into all these historical things, right? But he doesn't change the outcome of history. And if you're a movie right. and you're trying to portray history and then you change the outcome, there's something really arrogant and potentially irresponsible. I don't know if any of these movies cross that line, but you danced on its grave pretty hard. So that's what I'm saying. Oh, I I I don't so I don't mind because I feel like movies are art, right? You any sort of it's entertainment is art. 
So if you say you can't do this or this or this because it's not or really happened, it's kind of like censoring that or telling an artist what they are or are not allowed or are, are, are not R-R-R-R. allowed to do. <laughs> and I feel like you should be able, you know, you want to make a painting about fucking this king, but you want to make him green. All right, man, it's your painting. Do what you want. You shouldn't tell people, man, this is really what he looked like for sure. Because like you said, then it starts disinformation. Well, but I the, feel like there's the two there's the two points to that. Because you're right. You are right. Nobody you should you should be able to do art however you want. But the disinformation, people are too fucking stupid to not believe that that king was green. I don't believe yeah, that's, that. That's, I, I do not believe that's probably so, true. So because of that, I think there is a a level of responsibility that I'm not saying that Inglorious Bastards or RRR broke that responsibility or, or didn't do that. Again, like I said, you, you danced on the line, and if, if you're into it, fine. That's not, that's not for me. Again, history, if you're dealing with real history, there is potentially a responsibility there that I think people should be aware of. Do with that what you want. That's, that's, that's up to you to decide, you know? Hmm. But if Interesting. It's, if it's real history, I think you have a responsibility to be considerate of it whether that means you get to paint that king green or not that's up to you and maybe that maybe that's what your art is saying bro like whoa like, can you please call it rr art please rr art maybe that's what your rr art is supposed to say and like again i don't know if it's irresponsible to have these two figures meet each other who gives a shit you know maybe it doesn't matter Maybe he I want Sharon Tate dead, but I don't care about these Indian guys meeting each other or not. Again, again, my my white guy killed is blowing in the wind. Everybody can see what I got going on. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's 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 how I feel. You can you can do how you want. But I agree with you that that you know people should do what they want and let people decide. But you can also expect me to be like that was irresponsible to kill Hitler. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. Hey, we're all out of deal. <laughs> well, I, well that, that's the movie, right? We talked about the whole the whole movie. The whole fucking movie. I think we hit the I think we hit the the high five. What's your biggest high five moment? Oh shit. That's rough, dude. That's hard. For me, the biggest high five moment is when they save the kid and they're swinging around the bridge because that was like oh, what there's... moment do you turn like if me and you're in the theater? What moment do you turn to me for the high five there? When they jump and it hits the slow-mo. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah? Before the plan even unfolds? Yes, because the second they're jumping in the air, you know, doesn't I just know that it's going to end awesome. Some shit is going down. Yeah, Yeah. like I'm putting, that's when I'm putting my hand up. Oh, and then like when they do it, I'm like, and then it's like, oh, you just blew your high five, bro. Have, put it up again and i'm like oh yeah put it up again when he comes through the fire and they're like going underwater like that might be a two or three high five moment that movie that movie was like they're gonna yeah, high there's, five a, too early. there's so, a lot let's set them up again for some more <laughs> high fives and it, it knew second high five moment is probably during the piggyback scene there's, there's yeah there's, for that's, sure that's one where i was like fuck yeah what that's one you? that i know we turn to each other at the same time yes yeah what about you what's your is is it really that when the drum roll goes off and you go is that a high five no, moment? No, because the drum the drum part was my favorite, but favorite. I don't right. think it's a high five. I I might look to you for a high five, but it, I don't think so. I just lost it then because I was like, this motherfucker is he's like that is when you have a buddy's back when you take over the drums at someone else's fucking wedding or whatever, <laughs> yeah, just to show up some stupid English asshole. Fuck, that, yeah. I mean. That was just so fucking baller. 
Um, but I don't think that was a high five. I think the biggest, like the strongest high five, I don't, the beginning scene is pretty good too. When he takes on those hundred guys with the baton. I think the biggest high five is definitely the fire fish, fish kid scene for sure. I don't know at what point, like if you were sitting with your hands on your knees and it was up to me to initiate, I don't know at what point I'm doing it. I think it might be, I think it might be when they come, when they're going in for the, you son of a bitch handshake. Mm. That might be it. Or maybe through the fire with the wet, wet flag. Cause that's fucking cool. Uh, So there's no wrong point. There's no wrong point. You know, I mean, we could just, throw our hands up and just hold hands in a high five stance and just oh, well you know what we sit there we holding didn't hands. say it that happens about 45 minutes or so 45 48 minutes into the movie and yeah. that is where the actual title card comes in because we've seen the three r's but this is it's there where you see r r r and you're like this is the movie that that you're watching it's yeah. 45 minutes in maybe that's it maybe when that title happens because then you're like oh shit we haven't even really started yet i know right it's absolutely bonkers it's ridiculous i i i like this movie a lot i everybody should check it out it's very 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 fucking good if you have three hours um i think it needs at least an hour taken out of it but i don't know where i don't know where you would do that no i i don't agree with that i think well i think the last act i don't know if you could say it has three acts but the last i guess it does but the last act it feels a little long and it's a little bit of like kind of rehash stuff but just Instead of this guy saving this guy or this guy knowing something about this guy, the roles are switched. So yeah. it, even though it's different, it feels like a retread a little bit. Well, um, and, and I think lo- you can yeah. kind of amp, you could push it a little faster at that point. The pace could be faster, but I'm not going to complain. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it. I like everything. I, I well, because like you get to the whole scene where you find out like Raju's dad dying and all that, and that has so much slow mo in it. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. His dad's going to be dead. I get, right, get right. It. Like I like the second that scene starts happening, you're like, oh, that sucks. Man, his his life re- like he really has been carrying a heavy weight. Okay, move on. And they're like, here's 20 minutes of this scene, and you're like, oh, I mean, it's cool, it's really heavy, and it's it's devastating, and it's important. But- In that last forest fight, Bean throws a guy that Ra- Raju shoots with an arrow, yeah. and as his body flies past Raju, Raju pulls the arrow back out of him and shoots it at another guy. That might be a high five. I mean, I think I would high five there. I don't know if it's the biggest one, but that exact moment of that fight was pretty fucking cool. That fight scene had several high fives. There's definitely a high five when the motorcycle on fire is flying through the air. <laughs> My hand's going up there. The old school oh, ghost rider cycle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bad, man. I feel like they should like we should make a commentary track, like a visual commentary track of just our high fives of that movie so just me and you like you could watch us from behind it's like over the, the shoulder in the yeah. bottom of your, like mystery science theater but just for high fives just for high fives it's like the old um like put on your 3d glasses kids it's like get you're ready for high fives get your hands ready, kids. <laughs> yeah. get, get your hands ready. up it's like ding 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 <laughs> high five incoming Holy shit. Guys, what was your favorite moment of RRR? Do you have any high five moments? Why do you make it sound like a seal? Because it just RRR <laughs> doesn't sound as good as the pirate version. RRR. <laughs> oh, you're a, you're doing a pirate? I'm doing it like a pirate seal. <laughs> it's like a, it's a seal with an eye patch. <laughs> I guess you could call a seal Blackbeard because he has little whiskers, right? Seal's got little whiskers yeah, on yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, He's got an eye patch. <laughs> One-eyed Sealy is what they call him. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, and he's 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 the mascot of this movie. R R R R R R. Oh, maybe how would you say it with different and with different x with di- with the accent on different letters? R R R R R R R R R R R R R R R R R or just none. R R R. Oh no, that because that had some R R R R R R. A lot to think about there. R R R R R R. Get your hands ready for a slap. If we were smart, we would have talked before this episode and decided that we would each pronounce the title differently. And just the whole time. Yeah, my favorite part of RRR was... <laughs> and not comment on it and just see if any of the listeners picked up on it. It was like, Rumi, why are you calling it RRR? And Rumi, you're calling it RRR. <laughs> I mean, it fucking won an Oscar, so it's a good movie, right? <laughs> For sure. That's the only, yeah, that's the only way. It's got the Will Smith slap of approval right on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Rumi, let's blast th- this off. Oh, we had a really, like, complicated dance number that we've been rehearsing Um to music, but uh, we're running out of time. It's going too long. So, if I had suspenders, I was going to ask you if you wanted to do it in costume. I don't have any, but if I did, also I that I, I also adds to the sexiness. Suspenders. I'm going to say, as a straight white man who's never sexually thought about another man before, for sure, that's like part of the hotness for me. I think <laughs> if those, those dudes wearing suspenders, yeah, I thought it was hot. I don't know why. Yeah, hmm. Movie movie was was an awakening for many. <laughs> 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 Guys, did RRR make you gay? Tell us, tell us in the comments below. <laughs> a little, I mean, a little, uh, not sexually, but I mean that mustache. <laughs> I've never wanted two guys to end up together so hard before, uh, right? I'm, that's, yeah. I'm just saying. like that's roomies for life, right there, dude. Yeah, they they deserve each other. They uh, it was so <laughs> beautiful. It was beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. I'd listen to their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too but every episode's like three and a half hours long and who's got time for that shit <laughs> oh Rumi, let's blast this thing welcome off. to our 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 nacho 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 <laughs> so fucking good anyway we've been the rocketeers and we are out ignition sequence start six five four Three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.